if we've ever had any real vertical love uh, for God, ever experienced, you know, those, those moments of just ineffable joy where we know that God is real and we know that God is close and we know that we're God's beloved. Those are beautiful vertical moments. Uh, and, uh, and thank God for them. This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm your host, Melissa Rao, and this is a conversation inspired by Bishop Wright's Four Faith weekly devotion sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe in the episode's description. Hey, Bishop. Hey. You call this week's devotion First Love based yeah. on an excerpt from a sermon you gave on John 21, verses 15 through 17, which is the verse when Jesus is talking to Peter about tending to and feeding his sheep. Yep. And you talk about horizontal and vertical love. Yeah. Can you unpack the differences <laughs> of those two concepts for our listeners? Sure. And it's not like I, I, I was really good at science. I mean, you know, so I, mean, I mean, you know, so I get to use these fancy words. Well, I mean, I, I guess I'm just talking, I mean, the easiest way to do this, Melissa, would be for people to think about the cross. Hmm. The cross of Jesus has, has, has two, you know, has, has two dimensions, right? It has a vertical dimension, right? Which is, we might, we might say, um, is us to God directly, right? And then a cross also has a crossbar, which is the horizontal dimension, right? So which is the love of God on earth, right? On, 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 on earth. So there is a vertical and a horizontal dimension. And, and all I'm trying to say is that if we've ever had any real vertical love, uh, for God, ever experienced, you know, those, those moments of just ineffable joy where we know that God is real and we know that God is close and we know that we're God's beloved. Those are beautiful vertical moments. Uh, and, uh, and thank God for them. I mean, there's a wonder there. There's adoration there. There's praise there. I mean, they, they, it's interesting. It's like a, that, that old uh, hair coloring chemical. I think it was called Grecian formula. They used to say a little dab will do you, you know, a little, <laughs> a little, a little dab of the vertical sense of God's love. It's amazing. Um, it's like nitroglycerin, how it holds you and blesses you, you know, it's and a I'm little thinking, dab. you like that, huh? a little dab well, will do you. I'm thinking yabba dabba do. Exactly. Right. <laughs> well, I don't know where that has come from, but, but that's from the Flintstones. <laughs> that's the Flintstones. All right. Anyway, people are going to think we've lost our minds over here. I so. Know. So, so that's the, that's the vertical. And, and, and so what we see in Jesus again and again and again is, is that vertical is part of it, only part of it. And a lot of us want to have just me and Jesus kind of a relationship, just me and God relationship. But what Jesus does so forcefully, gently, always, frequently, is to help people understand that if you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, love neighbor, right? So Jesus always holds together the horizontal and the vertical. So you said uh, there are people who are hungry all around us, even us, people with their backs against the wall. And I'm wondering if this was a part of your excerpt that you unpacked that people with their backs against the wall, or can you say more about that? 
Well, yeah, that's a that's a paraphrase of Howard Thurman, who talked about the gospel being the good news for people who got their backs against the wall, not just one socioeconomic group, but people who have their backs against the wall. And I have found that that comes with every kind of sort of net worth scenario that comes with all kinds of education. We find ourselves with our back against the wall from time to time. I think a lot about uh, the kids over at Georgia Tech. Again and again, I get these notifications that kids have committed suicide. Uh, over there, you know, and here are these brilliant kids, you know, with bright futures in front of them, backs against the wall. Um, and so, I mean, backs against the wall is all of us. Uh, it, it's, it can be a seasonal thing. It can be, it can feel like a lifetime thing. It can be a decade for some of us. And, and I just, I see that the, the, the good news of God in Christ is an outreach to people who have their backs against the wall, right? And so I, I think this is why Jesus is pointing us, said, if you, if, you, if you have a sense that God loves you, then reach out to the people who have their backs against the wall. Now, notice this movement in the meditation. <clears throat> I'm not enshrining condescension here, right? Because sometimes we can, we can hear this and we can think, well, I've got more, I've got better, and so let me reach down to brother and sister. I that but that but but this is different altogether what what we're talking about is the horizontal um, dimension is is that i am your sibling you are my sibling right we're actually together in this which is different so if i happen to have a little more than you have that's that's fine but it's not condescension right so jesus didn't condescend to us he came down as one of one of us he lived among us he understood hunger and hardship and loneliness and all that. He lived as one of us. And so I think that if our Christianity is on its way to real maturity, then we start sort of getting ourself and our sense of self beside other people. So, so that is my actual sibling. And we get beside people when we're willing to acknowledge how I have my back against the wall, right? So I've had my back against the wall in myriad ways, too many ways to tell on this podcast. And so what that has created in me, I pray to God, is some soft spot for people who got their back against the wall. And that is a qualitative difference than just sort of condescending to people, right? It is, it is I am you, right? And this is, the, this is the incarnation. Jesus didn't say, hey, you know, I'll come down and pay a little visit, you know, and, you know, make some bread and, you know, we'll have some breakfasts and some lunches and we'll say some nice things, do some miracles. He said, I am you, right? He said, I, when you, when you, when you don't visit people in prison, that's me. You're not visiting in prison. He, he puts himself right, right in step with the people who've got their backs against the wall. And so our best expression of this vertical sense of love for God is in the horizontal. So again, no condescension, right? But actually, Jesus shows us, God shows us, that he has a deep appreciation for the human condition. And the human condition is messy. <laughs> mm. well, okay, good. so let's talk about that a little bit. Last week, we heard a number of folks heard a sermon about loving your neighbor. Yeah. And I'm wondering how you might compare how loving your neighbor requires both vertical and horizontal love. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I love my neighbor. I mean, out of the vertical comes, I have been loved. God has made me neighbor. God has made me beloved for, for no, I don't deserve it for there's nothing that I have done to achieve it. You know, truth of the matter is I've run kicking and screaming, you know, I've run, you know, screaming the other way so many times. Right. So, so when I realize that I'm a recipient, right. 
And when I have a full sense of that, a deepening sense, an evolving sense of the, of the ways in which God has incorporated me, right, that is supposed to soften the heart, right, that I would do some gesture that Jesus seems to want us to do, right, not because I necessarily want to do it or I'm a good person, but because my beloved also loves these other people. And so in response to the love my beloved has given me, I want to also show that love. Because if you really love God, right, you want to please God. And we know that the way God wants to be pleased, right, as the Bible tells us again and again, is not in these elaborate sort of, you know, in the Old Testament, it was sacrificing of bulls and all these elaborate liturgies, et cetera. What God said is, I take no delight in that. What I take delight in is if you don't cheat each other. If you don't hurt each other, if everybody goes to sleep with a full tummy, if the medicine that you have in the West that we can also have in other places in the world. I mean, again and again, God wants to be pleased by the way in which we care for one another. And so it's like rocket fuel once you have this sense of God loving you, because you have to ask yourself, who am I that God should love me? I mean, we, I mean, if you could sort of take yourself down off your own sort of uh, self-erected pedestal for a minute. Really, who are you that God should love you? Right? I mean, let me say it for myself. I- I'm nothing special. And the fact that God loves me and I have some sense of that blows my mind. Right? It blows my mind because I know me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know me. I know me beyond the performances that we all render. And the fact that God loves me Right. And all God asks in response to that sense, that awareness, is that I would just extend that. That's pretty amazing, actually. Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. My friends, we'll be right back after a short break. This is Four People producer Easton Davis, thanking you for listening to Four People. Four People is a space of digital evangelism dedicated to sharing the good news and leadership of Jesus Christ. Who do you know that needs to hear today's episode? Who do you want to hear it? Subscribe to four people and keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. And now back to four people. Welcome back to four people. Uh, Bishop, I have a friend who's on a journey of deep spiritual growth and development, and uh, oftentimes we'll worship next to each other. And I do like lifelong Episcopal Episcopal things like crossing myself, et cetera. And she asked me about that. And as you were talking about the cross and that visual, I thought, gosh, okay, so what do I do and why do I do it? And I I explained to my friend that, well, the reason why I do that is because it's, I think, a more of an embodying way to worship with my whole self, not just my heart and my mind, but like, and my ears, but like doing things help me connect to what's happening in the liturgy. And so we were talking about, you know, on my heart, you know, in my head, in my gut, on my heart, and then we take that out into the world and (laughs) it comes back. So I'm saying all these things and I'm thinking... I don't know, man. I, I wonder what Bishop has to say about the whole embodiment thing and crossing and the ritual of all that stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- th- you're, you're talking about ritual gestures that we use in church, right? To keep before ourselves the point of all of this, 
right? And that is we're participating in the cross of Jesus Christ, right? We're participating in the worship of God. And so, yeah, we learn all these sort of when to kneel, when to stand, when to sit, when to cross ourselves, you know, when to sort of bow our head, all that sort of stuff. But isn't it interesting that those are all well-intentioned gestures that can deliver to us a real sense of, of closeness and, and, and spirituality and all that sort of stuff. And at the same time, um, they can also be just performances for an hour and 15 minutes. The other side to these important ritual gestures, which, which help us to feel present to the liturgy, help us to feel present uh, to those words uh, and even present to ourselves, is our ability to make them superficial, right? So, so they're, they're there as spiritual aids to, to help us sort of embody the words we pray, right? And, and, and simultaneously, and the Bible tells us this again and again, uh, it is possible to, to do all the right words and all the right gestures and then go out in the world that God loves and create nothing but pure hell, right? And run roughshod over neighbor. And so, and so what we want to do is we want to figure out, uh, and this, this causes us to, to have real serious reflection about our, our real lives, right? Not just our Sunday morning lives or our, our worship lives is, is that how are those gestures uh, creating in me a resource for God to bless the world, right? Think about it this way. Jesus said, uh, Jesus' friend said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And uh, Jesus said, he taught him the Lord's prayer. And in the Lord's prayer is, is a, you know, on heaven, in heaven as it is on earth. So Jesus is saying that, uh, you know, uh, there's a gap between heaven and earth. And, and you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, are going to be how God gets to close the gap between heaven and earth. God is not limited to just our hands and our feet, but God is uh, inviting us to be a part of that. So the horizontal and the vertical again, right? So we're supercharged by the love of God and the vertical so that we can pour it out in the horizontal so that we're, you know, what I worry about sometimes is, is that we're so heavenly minded that we're no, no earthly good at all. Right. And that's just insipid and that's not worship at all. Remember Jesus and Jesus is sort of beautiful, most vertical moment. We might argue in scripture, Jesus goes up the mountain to pray with his friends. They fall asleep because the prayer meeting went, went long and Jesus is high and lifted up. His clothes turn white and he hears the voice of God to speak to him. This is my son, uh, etc. And um, but notice what happens there. The people, you and I, perhaps we want to build a booth. We want to build a little museum, a little a little sanctuary there to commemorate the fact that God was here and we saw an extraordinary thing. Okay, I get it. Perhaps those first a couple of disciples were Episcopalians. We, you know, we have an edifice. We have an edifice complex, right? Uh, and I get it. But what did Jesus do? Jesus said, "We're going down into the valley." Right. So his vertical positively benefited the horizontal. And that is Jesus again and again and again and again. Don't be so heavenly minded that you are not any earthly good. And think about it. The people that really blow our minds, we call them mystics, we call them saints, we call them salt and light. They are the people who in their own pithy little quirky little ways live out this God stuff in our midst uh, out of the gaze of, uh, of a video and cameras by and large, but nevertheless, they are this beautiful network of love and support 
all around us. Love it, Bishop. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. And thank you listeners to listening to four people. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we'll be back with you next week.